Welcome to the Healing Hearts and Awakening Souls podcast, where we will be exploring what it means to heal from your past pain and programming so you can awaken to who it is that you truly are at the soul level. My name is Kara, and I am an intuitive energy healer, channel, and guide. I am so excited to be on this journey with you as we activate our soul remembrance of what this human experience is all about and why you chose to be here at this time. Let's dive in. Welcome back. All right, you guys, in this episode, I'm going to introduce myself. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my story, who I am, and how I got to where I am doing this soul work and channeling messages and all of the fun spiritual things because it wasn't always something that I was aware of or something that I always did. And so I just want to share with you guys a little bit about my journey. And I also want to talk a little bit about what it is that I actually do in my work so that you can really get to know me. And so let's see where to begin, right? Uh, One of the exercises I used to have my clients do when they would first start working with me is to actually write down or even just like talk out loud or just think about their story. You know, what's my story? How do I define my life? How do I see myself? How do I see my life? And the exercise itself was really interesting because first of all, not everyone has an opportunity unless maybe you've done some kind of counseling or maybe you've been asked to do an exercise like this, maybe in a class or something. But not everybody takes the time to really think about all of the things that they've experienced, all of the facets of their life and all of the events that they have walked through that have helped to create and, and participate in creating who it is that they are today. The other thing that often happens though, I mean, it's, it's always interesting just to kind of go back and reevaluate or just kind of explore your own self, your own identity, your own life experiences, all of the things that have contributed to who you are today, that alone can be really eye-opening of like, wow, look at all the things I've been through, or wow, look at how far I've come. But it also is interesting to take a look at when we do tell our story, what is the lens through which I'm viewing myself and my story? You know, how have I thought about my story up until now? And can I tell my story in a more empowering way, right? Like if we've seen ourselves as a victim or we've, you know, had a lot of trauma or, you know, even those words alone might be a little bit too harsh, but maybe we've just seen ourselves through a a slightly more negative lens of, well, this happened to me and then I had to go through this and this is where I stumbled or this is where I failed or this is where I didn't measure up. And so, you know, it's always interesting when I would hear my clients retelling their story to then after they were finished ask them to look at it through a different lens what if you were on the outside looking in how would you view somebody with your story would you view it with the same judgments and the same criticisms and the same doubts right or would you see yourself as somebody that overcame persevered Uh, maybe dealt with a lot of struggle, but look at where you are today, right? We often see ourselves through such a critical lens. 
And then if we are to look at ourselves, maybe try to look at ourselves from a different perspective, or if we were somebody else looking in, we might see it very differently. Something that I always tell my clients is that, you know, however it is that you see yourself, whatever you think your shortcomings are, there's always somebody out there looking at you, wishing that they could be where you are, right? And so that's that whole perspective shift that is part of this awakening and part of this experiencing our lives from a higher perspective or a higher consciousness or just a higher vibrational lens. So in looking at my own life, it's really interesting. I feel like introspection for me really started at a pretty young age. I've always been curious about people, how people work, how people operate, what makes people tick. And I was always very curious about myself. I think many of us are. I was always interested in, you know, what's my astrological sign and what does that mean? And when I started going to college, I wanted to learn about psychology and I wanted to understand, you know, what makes me, me. Things like the Enneagram, 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 (laughs) Um, Myers-Briggs personality test, human design, all of these different ways of understanding ourselves are very interesting to me. I guess my story that I want to at least share with you guys, because of course there's all different aspects of our, ourselves and our stories, is that you know I grew up with a, a really great family in a really small town, and you know I had a small, I, I almost always had like this small group of friends that I was usually pretty close to. Um, that ended up resulting in a lot of trauma, I guess you would say itself, because when you do have small groups of friends, whenever there's a argument or a rift of some kind, it can be very intensely felt. And it certainly was for me, and especially with just how sensitive I always was. That's something, you know, my dad would always, you know, point out is that I was very sensitive. I, not only sensitive, but just very, I saw things from this place of I understood when something happened that there was always these countless little ways that other events or other things kind of built up over time to create that final experience. And so I don't know what kind of a word you would give that or what kind of a a way you would characterize that is, but you know, from my from my vantage point now I can see that I've always kind of had this ability to see things from a higher perspective, to see a bigger picture, right? I mean, living through it, I didn't always recognize that. When I was about 13 years old, I started to experience severe depression. Uh, My dad will tell you that it it started on my 13th birthday, (laughs) like it's that specific. Although I can see how leading up to that point, there were certainly very almost insignificant from like an adult's perspective or from my perspective now, but these little events over time that maybe not have been huge or majorly traumatic, but that definitely built up over time that just made me feel like there was something wrong with me, right? And maybe many of you can can resonate with that. And I I can now see from a different perspective how a lot of that has to do with the fact that we were born into this third dimensional reality. 
And many of us have these, you could call them like soul codes, these codes in our DNA, right, that are a little bit more turned on than the average human. This, this slight remembrance, even if it's very subconscious, that the way the world works is there's something wrong with it. It's off. It's not, it's certainly not a world that embraces our unique gifts, our individuality, our energetic frequency, maybe even our sensitivities to energy, uh, just wanting to live a soul-led life, right? We're born into these families and these social norms and cultures where there's all these rules, all these regulations, all these boxes. Everything is right, very labeled and very restrictive. It's not a life experience that allows us to truly flourish, to shine our light brightly and boldly. In fact, we're often taught not to do that, right? Don't brag. Don't shine too bright. Don't stand out. Fit in. Uh, these are all programs that are perpetuated in a, in specifically, as we've discussed, to keep us low vibrational. And I think many of us came into this life and at one point or another started to really feel the discomfort in that, start to really feel the, the in adequacy and the inaccurate way that those programs and these ways of living were not good for us, were unhealthy, were painful, maybe even created suffering for us. And so whether that was a result of actual circumstances in your life and traumas that you experienced, or it was just something that you were tuned into at a very subconscious level, which was my case, which made it a, even, which made it very painful for me because I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know why I was depressed. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And that's what I felt like. I felt like there was something wrong with me. So at that age, I started to become very depressed, um, suicidal even. Um, you know, there was a lot of negative thinking, a lot of behaviors, and, you know, just going down a really bad negative path. That continued for about eight years until I was in college and I went on birth control, not expecting that to have any, um, any effect on my mood, but it actually did. It actually improved my more severe depressive symptoms quite a bit. I had been seeing therapists, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists. I had been on probably oh, six to 12 different antidepressant medications that never really, you know, completely helped. And I had been an inpatient as well and spent a couple of weeks at a inpatient facility for my depression and nothing really seemed to help. And then all of a sudden I started taking this birth control and it turns out that part of my problem was hormonal. Now I've mentioned in past episodes where I absolutely believe that our mental and our emotional, our spiritual wellness and those, you know, vibrational frequencies that go along with where are we think where are we vibrating at as far as what are we thinking, what are we believing, what are we feeling, that that can all manifest as in our physicality. So, I mean, who knows looking back what, you know, the chicken or the egg if it was really you know, all of that negative thinking contributed to the hormonal imbalance or if the hormonal imbalance really was the cause. But I, I 
I don't really spend a ton of time really even trying to think about it, but I just know that, yes, there was a physical imbalance that we were able to help mitigate with the medication. And so for a short period of time, I felt like, oh, I'm healed. I don't have depression anymore. And yet as months and years uh, continued, I recognized that, oh, maybe some of those more severe symptoms are gone, right? So we can take uh, medications to treat our physical symptoms, but those are really only the symptoms of the core wounds, those energetic right, uh, belief systems or patterns or stories or traumas that are underneath that. And so over the next couple of decades of my life, I had to work really, really hard at creating new ways of thinking, new ways of being, new ways of coping and working through problems and seeing myself and seeing the world. And it wasn't really, I mean, I definitely worked on those things over the years. I went um, to college and then I went on to graduate school. I got a master's degree in counseling services, uh, specifically to be a school counselor, to be a counselor in the schools. And then when I graduated, I really came kind of head to head with the healing work that I had not done (laughs) and what I had accomplished professionally. And the two didn't meet. They didn't align. So here I was with a master's degree and I was had the, you know, uh, on paper, I had the credentials to go out and to uh, start a career counseling kids in schools and really helping them, you know, prepare for life and build their future and be that emotional support for them. But as far as the work that I had done internally, I still felt incredibly unworthy of that position. Like I was definitely not good enough to do that kind of work. I had a severe lack in confidence in myself and lack of self-esteem. And so I actually struggled quite a bit, even going to, uh, I went to one job fair, job, yeah, job fair, and almost had an anxiety attack. I actually did have an anxiety attack in one of my classes once, um, in one of my graduate classes. We were sitting in class and the teacher said that we were going to listen to the recordings because we were meeting with children in schools and we had to record our sessions. And she announced that we were going to be listening to each other's recordings in the class. And I actually had a panic attack because the thought of other people judging me was so overwhelming. I already judged myself so harshly that the thought of somebody else listening in and potentially judging me and what I was saying or doing and how I was getting it wrong was just too much for my my nervous system and I had an anxiety attack, which I didn't know what an anxiety attack was or what it felt like at the time. And I actually thought that I was like dying. (laughs) So, um, So when I graduated, I did go to one job fair. I don't even think... I didn't even go to any job interviews until a little a few years later. I was so paralyzed by fear. I was so paralyzed by the possibility of somebody seeing me and my belief was is that they would see me and think that I was like who in the heck who who in the heck am I to try to even be in this career. I don't I didn't I feel like I had any idea what I was doing. I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like I sh- I should be there at all. Um, despite six years of education in the, you know, wellness and counseling profession. So, uh, 
Incidentally enough, right around that same time, I got married to my, um, not exactly high school sweetheart, but we definitely had crushes on each other in high school. Uh, we met when we were quite young. I think it was um, second grade. We met for the first time. Uh, my husband, his name's Jared, he, um, he was in a biking accident the summer before second grade. And actually almost he was riding his bike and his, he got into an accident and the handlebars um, punctured his pancreas and he almost died. He was in the hospital for quite a while, and when he got out, he needed a tutor to catch him up on school. And my mom is a was an elementary school teacher, so she tutored him. And while they were spending time together that summer, she said, "Do you know my daughter Kara?" And he said, "No, I do not." And um, she said, "Well, you should meet her. She's in your grade." And so the next that year, we ended up being in school together, and so we met for the first time. Um, and then we were friends, we became friends, I think middle school, high school, we were in the same circles and we, we, there was a couple of summers that we hung out a lot with our little circle of friends. And so in college we ended up, we started dating. And so when I graduated high school or sorry, when I graduated from graduate school, we were getting married and we moved I moved from the town that I was going to school in out to a bigger city, uh, Rochester, New York, and it was a, it's about two and a half hours from our hometown and from our families. And I, again, being from a small town like that, it just made my fear even bigger, right? I, I felt like a, a little fish in a big pond. Wait, is that the right? <laughs> I felt very out of place. I felt like I, I didn't know how to, um, how to shine really in a big city. Like again, that just exacerbated my insecurities of, you know, how, who's going to choose me to be their school counselor. I don't have, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't, I don't have the confidence and I don't have the, you know, there was something about again, it's a belief system that I had, right? It was, it was really all programming, but the thought of, you know, working in a bigger city school was just terrifying to me. So this is all well before I had any concept of any spiritual gifts that I had. I knew that I was, you know, sensitive and I knew that I loved everything about multidimensionality, spirituality, astrology, um, you know, psychic gifts, anything like that. I loved all of that stuff, but had no clue that I had any in inclination towards having any of those gifts myself. So we got married and then four months later, we found out that we were pregnant. This wasn't really intentional, but I have to say that there was this part of me that gave this big sigh of relief. And I was like, okay, perfect. I will have a baby and I will stay home with my baby. And so it was kind of this perfect storm of, you know, if, if I hadn't gotten pregnant, I don't know if I would have kept pushing myself and eventually gotten a job in the school counseling field. I was, I was waitressing at the time, so I was at least doing something. Um, but that really gave me like this mental relief and kind of, I felt like it like took, took me off, took me off the hook of, you know, getting this career in counseling where I didn't feel like I was worthy of working. So we ended up having our son and about a year later we moved back a little bit closer to home 
we were about an hour from home and uh, let's see I did end up getting another job but it was another like entry-level type job I was a I worked in a call center for AAA very good at that job <laughs> I'm, I'm good with people I'm very friendly um, you know I got a lot of compliments we'd get like little bonuses every time somebody like wrote in or called in about the person they talked to and I was always getting those so um, you know even though it was just an entry level at least it was something and to, to just help my husband was doing some <laughs> my husband has uh, he loves to hop from job to job. He loves getting all these different kind of experiences. And I think at the time he was in real estate and it was, the, it was, a, it was that same time where like the housing market crashed. So it was like a really unfortunate time to go in, into real estate. And so that's why I had started working as well, just to help, you know, make ends meet. But then we ended up getting pregnant and we found out we were having twins. So that was a shock. We were, we were planning to have another one at that time but our plan was let's have one more so we have two kids and and we'll stop there didn't want to outnumber ourselves we figured two was a good number and we were quite shocked to find out that we were having twins um you know some of my friends you know they were like oh twins that's amazing but I was like oh my gosh twins I don't know if I can handle this and so we had twins and then we had a surprise and along came number four um Ethan is my youngest and I always say he's the blessing I never knew that I needed he is uh certainly you know I I would never have said like oh I want to have four kids but our family is definitely better off with him and so we ended up with four kids and when I found out that I was pregnant with number four, that's when we decided to move back to our hometown, back to where both of our families were. So we had the extra support. We have the grandparents. We have, you know, family nearby. So we moved back. So now I am a stay-at-home mom with four kids. I had four kids in five years, in case you didn't do the math. And I was completely overwhelmed and honestly quite miserable as well. I, 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 I didn't know what else to do. I was in so deep in the motherhood and I had really lost connection with myself, who I even was, what I even wanted in the world. I think my self-esteem probably dove, you know, even more in a sense, you know, and so like comparing myself to my friends that were having these careers and making this money. And I had all these judgments around, you know, my contribution to the family and, you know, being a stay-at-home mom and there was a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting. Um, I think we were all, you know, my husband and I, we were both just overwhelmed, exhausted. And so it wasn't, it wasn't a really um, happy time. So I ended up staying home for 10 years. 10 years went by that I was a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, as I mentioned, it it, be, it was very clear to me that this was not for me. You know, for some, some moms, it's, it's, it's the best. It's what they want. And part of me wanted it, but part of me was dying a slow death inside, right? My soul was dying a slow death. And I think because I just knew I had more to give and I had more to offer, but I really had no idea what that was yet. 
So 10 years went by and it was the year before my youngest was going to be starting school full time. And I decided this is my time. This is where I get to decide what do I want to do. And so I ended up connecting with a woman who lived nearby, who was a friend of a family member, and she was a life coach. And so I, my plan was just to give her a call and say, see what being a life coach was all about. But we connected so well that I ended up working with her. She ended up teaching me the basics and mentoring me and coaching me. And the transformations that I experienced alone just from coaching with her were phenomenal. And right there, I was like, this is amazing. I've been in counseling so many times, and that has never gotten me the results that this work has gotten me. I felt like in just the first couple of sessions of her just teaching me the basics of coaching, I learned more than I had learned in my entire college career, (laughs) you know, undergrad and graduate combined. It was like all of the things clicked. I was like, this is exactly where I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be doing. So I started out as a health and wellness coach. Maybe some of you that are familiar with my story remember that or were around when I was doing that. And so, but what was interesting is that I wasn't the kind of health and wellness coach that taught people what to eat or how to exercise or how often to exercise. That's just not what I ever did. My work always revolved around energy. It always revolved around what are the, what are the pain points? What are the traumas? What are the belief systems? What is underneath you know, someone's inability to show up for themselves and take care of their bodies and nurture their health and well-being? And I always brought the mind, body, soul aspect into it. It's just what I gravitated towards. Even though I hadn't gotten any official training on it, it's like I I just knew how to do that. That's what I just intuitively began doing. So uh, over the years, I just kept learning new tools. I learned about EFT tapping, which is an incredible way to move energy through our body. I learned about human design. I learned about heart coherence, all of these things that I teach in my programs. And I learned a lot of other things too. But I always certain things always stuck out to me and I was always really good at recognizing what is really going to be a tool that is like super simple but a needle mover in someone's transformational journey and then about a year and a half well now it's been about two years I started working with a mentor um, her name is Amy Boswinkle incredible human being And I started working with her, and she was really the first one that helped me to awaken to the fact that I have spiritual gifts of my own. And she also helped me to, I think, through working with her and just the activations that took place by being in her energy, I started awakening to the Great Awakening itself. And I immediately resonated with it, and I immediately recognized that, holy crap, Everything about the work that I do, even how I would take some tools and exercises and and ways of healing and integrating this transformational work that I do, I always kept those things that literally are the, the what they're doing underneath, whether those that teach them realize it or not, but what they are actually helping people to do is to ascend and awaken and and actually do this deeper inner work that is essential for us to 
awaken into these higher vibrational experiences. It's all about energy and like healing and clearing that energy at those deeper levels. I, I became a Reiki practitioner, which is something that I use in my work, which is he, energy healing as well. And so from there, I started doing more of what I call the soul work, right? So I'm still, I still work with energy. It's what I do. I'm an energy healer. So I, meet, I work with people and I listen to their stories. I listen to their stories and I can easily pick out the, the belief systems that they hold that are keeping them from being able to, to transcend the story of who they are and to have a, a higher vibrational experience of their life. I'm able to see energetically what the core wound is, where is the healing need to take place, where is the resistance, and where is that showing up, and what is that looking like, what are the stories that somebody is telling themselves that they might not even realize they're telling themselves, because when there are stories, they also feel like our truth, and our brain and our nervous system operate in a way, as we've explored, to really um, portray that story in a way that feels true, and our brain can say, yeah, I I see the evidence of that. That is my truth. That's my circumstance. That's my reality. And yet my job is to continually remind people and create that new programming that resonates with what our soul knows to be true, that we are so much more than what our human experience has led us to believe. So we can we can hear that and on one hand say, oh yeah, that sounds good. But we need to continually be reminded of it and reprogrammed and and also, I feel like there's an energetic recalibration that happens when people work with me because I hold myself um, because it's been my number one focus has always been my own inner work. I do my inner work before um, I ever help someone with their inner work, right? Like that's just my main priority has always been my own healing and awakening journey. And then I'm able to, from that higher vibrational space, help others walk through what I have walked through, even if it doesn't look the same, right? But it's just, it's like an energetic portal. It's, it's a raising of the frequency. And when we raise our frequency, we hold more light in our bodies. And when we hold more light in our bodies, other people are able to recalibrate or to integrate or to calibrate to that level simply by being in our energy. So oftentimes, just by talking to people on the phone, you know, whether we get down and do some deeper inner work or not, they walk away feeling more enlightened, more empowered, lighter, more clear, right? These things just happen through the work that I do. It's an energetic transference. I don't know if transference is the right word. <laughs> energetic calibration, I guess, is the best way to describe it. So that's the short version of my journey, my human journey up until this point. So it'd be really interesting, I think, for each of you, if you want to take some time to think about your own journey, you know, your own life experience. What have I experienced up until now? What have been the programs, the messages that I've gotten growing up and the belief systems that have been ingrained in me? And how have I seen myself up until this point? What have I believed are my strengths and what do I believe are my weaknesses? And start asking ourselves, you know, what if, what if all of that is just a result of the lens through which we view ourselves and our lives? And what if all of that can be changed, healed, transformed, transcended, and that we actually get to become the highest expression of who we've always wanted to be? 
I deeply believe that whatever it is that we dream about or wish we could have or the version of us that we wish we could be, that it is absolutely accessible to us. Just like I always dreamed, oh, wouldn't it be great if I had spiritual gifts, if I had psychic gifts, and now waking up to the fact that I actually do have them and waking up more and more every day to the fact that I can actually probably learn to do or I already on some level, innately know how to do these incredible things that I only wished that I knew how to do. It's just a matter of peeling back that programming that we have that allows us to believe that we aren't already those things, right? Because from a human lens, yes, there are things that maybe we wish we could have or do or be that just aren't manifestations in our current physical reality, but it's all just energy, It's all just energy. And when we align more and more and remember more and more, remind ourselves more and more that it is all just energy, it is all just a matrix, it is all just an illusion made up of our dreaming mind, right? That is reflected out to us. And and there's a collective process as well, of course, but that we are all co-creating this experience and that we are all one. (laughs) So... It gets a little complicated for the human brain to try to like comprehend all of these things, but all that we need to remind ourselves is, you know, the saying of anything is possible is essentially true. And it's not so much of whether, you know, we always say like, well, maybe I was born to do this or maybe I was born to do that. And sure, there is a little bit of following our soul-led path, but when we start peeling away that programming or the you know those layers of energetic resistance to connecting with the true essence of who we are right those layers that are just created by our brain and our nervous system and our traumas and our patterns and our stories and our programs right the more and more that we do that deeper inner work that healing work to peel those layers back and the more connected we get to our true authentic self the more we'll connect with what it is that we wanted to to do in this lifetime and what really lights us up. And so whatever we came here to do, once we get in alignment with who we truly are, that is what will light us up and excite us and set our soul on fire. And so leading that soul-led life will be in alignment with what we truly desire to have, be, or do in this life. That makes sense. So Another interesting way to look at all of this and to look at ourselves is to ask ourselves, you know, who, who am I? And so we can answer that from the human perspective first, right? Like I might say, I'm a mom of four, I'm a wife, I'm a energy healer. This is the work that I do. This is who I am. I have dark brown hair and brown eyes. I like to do puzzles, right? All of these things that describe me at my human, as my human self. But then we get to go a little bit deeper and we get to ask the question, who am I at the soul level, right? And we might not even have answers for that, right? We might not even have like a a language for that or a consciousness for that. But I do believe that we can kind of feel it internally, right? Like, who am I beyond this human experience, right? It's so much bigger. It's so much more expansive. It's so spiritual, Right? So if we don't have a spiritual practice, it might be a little bit harder to tap into that. But I'm sure that as you, you know, progress along this healing and awakening journey yourself or you keep asking yourself these types of questions or keep listening to this type of content and information, 
you'll start to get a sense of this vastness of who you are at a soul level and that it is so much more than what we are experiencing at this third dimensional human level. Right? So just, just pondering that, meditating on that, feeling into that, Part of the work that I do in my programs is to help people connect with their energetic field, connecting with their, their, their soul essence and the energy of who they are, right? And the more that we hone that skill of being able to tap into our own energetic field, the more aware we become of when something is in an energetic dissonance or we can feel when we are out of alignment, we can feel when something is maybe not meant for us. And it's important as always, not to have a judgment around that, like, oh, that's bad for me. It's just not in alignment for you. It's just not in alignment for who you came here to be or where you are at on your journey. Maybe it'll be in alignment for you down the road, or maybe it was in alignment for you at one time, but is no longer in alignment for you because of where you've progressed to, right? And so I just think that this, these questions around our stories are so fascinating and the way that we perceive ourselves and, you know, really looking at what we've walked through and being able to shift that perspective and to have a new perspective around what we've experienced. So you can try that for yourself. Try writing out your story and then looking at it and imagine that you're somebody else reading your story. What might somebody else see or pick up on or how might they see it? And we can do that, but we still also have to be aware of, you know, even if we're trying to look at it from some from another person's perspective, we're still going to look at it through our own our own lens and our own programming. So we might still have judgments around whether we're doing a good enough job or we did something well or not. And so just keeping that in mind. But, you know, ultimately, from the soul perspective, there is no right or wrong. I'll probably repeat this a million times because it's so important. And yet as human beings, it's, it's nearly impossible to um, find that place of neutrality where we're not judging things. And in, and in part, it's not even our fault because simply by being uh, in the third dimension, it, it, I'm not going to get into the dimensions and the separations, but we're literally like the observer. So in order to be the observer, we have to almost categorize things and label things. So it makes sense that we would you know, have a hierarchy or, you know, look at things as good and bad, right and wrong and as in, in a way of duality. But, you know, at least internally, can we bring all of that back to center, find a neutral starting point, right? So that at least we're looking at things through the lens of love or unconditional love, right? That highest vibration, the vibration of life force energy, God, source, creator, universe, whatever you want to call that. Because when we're able to do that and Sometimes we can and sometimes we can't and there's no judgment around it. But when we are able to, that is when we're in our fullest expression. We're in our full power. And so things like creating our reality, manifestation, shifting perspectives, shifting our energy becomes a lot easier and just it becomes more fluid and more solid in our ability to do it. Whereas when we're coming from like a place of victimhood or wounding or a programming, right? We might be able to manifest something, but it's going to have a shaky foundation to it, right? It's not going to be the most empowered or the highest expression of what we can actually create in this moment. Okay, so that's my story and I'm sticking to it. 
Um, if you are interested in learning more about me or the work that I do or following me in any way, um, just know that I am on Facebook. I have a free Facebook group called Healing Hearts and Awakening Souls. You're welcome to join that group. And when you do, you I believe there should be a question if you would like to give me your email so that you're added to my email list so that you are you know, informed. I do monthly newsletters with energy updates, current energies and what they're bringing in for us. And so um, those are some ways that you can stay in contact with me. And speaking of the energies, I think it's really important to mention that actually because right now especially, I mean the day that, that this is being the day this will be published will be Monday, June 21st, 2021. And just at this time, we just wa we just moved through a very powerful eclipse doorway. We just went through eclipse season. And so we're in this integration period where whatever this eclipse season, whatever it shifted for us energetically, which it did shift things for us very at very deep levels, whether we're aware of it or not, now is the time where we get to integrate those shifts. And so when you talk about what's my story, what are my deeper belief systems, how have I always seen myself and viewed myself and viewed my life? This is a really powerful opportunity for us to take advantage of some of these deeper shifts that have begun for us. And we, in, right now we're in this vortex of choosing. And in each moment we get to choose, am I going to show up differently? Am I going to, to show up more in my power, more from a space of love? Or am I going to revert back to old patterns, old ways of thinking, you know, that more victimhood thinking of, oh, here we go again, this never changes same old pattern, this is always going to be a problem, right? And we really have this very powerful opportunity right now to keep this momentum of transformation going. And we are at a place where we are starting a new beginning around a version of ourselves. And we get to decide in each moment, right? Am I going to show up and push this forward or am I going to allow myself to stay where I have always been in this place that probably feels more comfortable, it feels easier, it feels more familiar. The new is always a little bit harder. It's like pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone. But when we do show up in those new empowered ways, they might feel hard and challenging in the moment, but they should feel, at least after the fact, you should feel more expansive, energetically stronger, lighter, more empowered, clearer vision, right? Like you've gained wisdom or clarity around a certain situation and you're showing up differently. And it's always, it cannot, I shouldn't say always, it's often challenging to change patterns, right? And, and people around us that are used to us showing up in a certain way might react negatively, right? Wait a minute, this isn't how this is supposed to go, right? This isn't how you're supposed to show up. We're supposed to argue about this and you're supposed to say these kinds of things and I respond in this kind of way, right? It can be very challenging for those around us, which makes it more challenging for us to show up in that way because we're going to be impacted by those around us. That's why it's so important to keep coming back into our center and into our energy and reminding ourselves, right? Like, what do I truly want? What's my soul-led life look like? What would benefit me in my healing and awakening journey? And knowing that even if it's hard for those around us, that when we do that, we shift our energetic frequency, we raise our vibration, remember that that will affect those around us. 
those people will be given the opportunity to calibrate up as well. Maybe they won't do it right now, but it will still have an impact on them and they'll have seen that example. It's like being a role model for somebody and they take it at the energetic level, at a subconscious level most often. Maybe sometimes they're consciously aware of it and they're like, oh wow, she really stood up for herself. I would like to do that too. But oftentimes, even if it's not conscious, it's always, it's definitely happening subconsciously and at an energetic level. So um, those, that, those cellular our cells are recalibrating to others and we are in that that's happening because we're in this great awakening right it may not always have been true that this is how <laughs> things unfold or maybe it was true but it happened at a much slower pace maybe you've noticed that time is really speeding up lately and that's not a coincidence it's not just your imagination our concept of time is really speeding up because of the higher frequency because of the raising vibration on the planet and therefore this healing and awakening journey is increasing in speed or at least our awareness of it and so you know maybe this this healing and awakening work has always been has been trying to happen but it never really had the right momentum Right now is when we have that momentum. We have the support from the energies coming in. We have the support of the right timelines that we're on. We have the support of our higher dimensional beings that are and our guides that are supporting us. This is the time. This is the time where this work is so important for each one of us. And um, that's, how we, that's how we get on the more positive timelines that create a more positive outcome for us is through doing this deeper inner work. So it is individually rewarding for us in our own lives and how our lives unfold, but it's also massively rewarding for us as a human collective and creating, right? Because it is also a co-created experience on this planet and moving us towards that more empowered and beautiful, peaceful, harmonious, unified experience of creating life on this physical earth experience. So... All right. I think that's everything for today. I uh, really appreciate all of you that have been listening to my podcast. I get so excited every time I see that another play has been had. And so please feel free to share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit. And uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I love to hear from you guys. I love to hear your feedback, your questions, and any suggestions that you have. I am looking to, um, at some point, I'm not sure when I'll start doing this, but at some point I would like to start bringing other people onto the podcast as well. So just as an example, like what we talked about today, if, if you want to, you know, share your story and have an experience where, you know, you can kind of share some of your life experience and I can reflect back to you and we can kind of take a look at how you perceive your story and what would be the more empowered way to perceive it and where might be some of those right energetic resistant blocks that are keeping you from seeing yourself in a more higher vibrational, higher consciousness light. That's just an example, but I will be at some point asking for um, podcast guests that would like to get uh, intuitive coaching of some kind, intuitive guidance of some kind. So if that's interesting to you, feel free to reach out to me as well. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. Till next time.